You know, we want to welcome everybody here. You know, obviously, obviously, obviously. That's right. I got Dave here. Uh, I, I think that... You know, we want to welcome everybody here. Speaking of that, speaking of that... Celinda. You know, we want to welcome everybody here. Everything all at once? Everything all at once. It's honestly a sensation. Aliens listen to it. It's about. It's a couple years old now. We've okay. been here about two years. Oh, nice. It's only been a studio down here for the past five months. Less than that, like three or four months. Three or four months. And where was, that, was like a, a, where was the studio before? There was no studio. Well, it was in the dining room, okay. I guess. When we were doing Sink, Swim, or Fly with Tyler, okay. we would set up in the dining room. And down here was just strictly poker, dungeon, debauchery, gambling. And <laughs> and now we it's a studio. That's how we paid for the studio, actually. That's why the poker table's still here. That's yeah, why yeah, the yeah. poker table's still here. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody seems to like it too. Most of our guests are like, "Oh, this is cool, a poker table." Yeah. Uh-huh. They're like, "Do you do you ever do you do you use it? Do you gamble? Do you play poker on it?" I'm like, well, you don't buy a Sometimes. poker table <laughs> if Just you're not gambling on it frequently enough to use it. Um, Tanya. Yeah. We are super happy to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invite, and I'm happy that you're doing things you like. Yeah, it's so fun. It's been this has been a really great passion project for everybody down here. It's something that we've really enjoyed doing and look forward to doing. And I'm really excited that you are here. This is something that I've thought about for a long time. And yeah, we tried to schedule a couple of times. We so, tried to yeah. schedule a couple we of fired times. Fired a few and, times, but but even before that. Like, I told you, like, a lot of my story after a ceremony, and I feel like I never, I feel like it was really rude of me not to ask you about your story. (laughs) Well, um... And now here you are. Yeah, where do you want me to start? Well, I know that, for for the people that don't know, you grew up in the USSR, right? Yeah, where were you born? So, um, I was born in, uh... Volsky city, which is um, like a satellite city for what typically known in Stalingrad. But oh, okay. It's really not, but... Yeah. Um, it's not Stalingrad? It's Volgograd. Volgograd. Yeah. I mean, they renamed everything when things came up mm-hmm. about the... Yeah. Is, is that like... Atrocities an... and all of that, so... Right. Yeah. Okay. So... It was a satellite city, so you're like in like an eerie-sized city outside of. Uh, no, Stalingrad, it was industrial or? city. It was bigger than eerie, but uh, we I think we lived there for a little bit. My parents originally from um, the south, uh, the Black Coast, Sochi, and um, um, they met at the in college. Cool. Yeah, and that's where I was born, and then. Um, the whole country during the Soviet Union were kind of like uh, a Mary Vista program. So you graduate from college and then they send you where they need you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So uh, so my dad was dispatched to Vladimir, um, and that's a city northeast of Moscow. Okay. And um, that's where I finished high school. And my brothers were born there, and so it's a, it's a typical provincial 
Russian city, mm-hmm. bigger than Erie, but nothing to... How many brothers do you have? So I have two brothers. I'm the oldest, and uh, I have two brothers. One uh, just retired. Um, they're both still in Russia. One is a retired cop, and another one is... Uh, a snowboard dude. So. Snowboard nice. dude, nice. Yeah, <laughs> they are on the opposite spectrum of uh, what would considered to be a societal. Right. Right. So what did your What did your dad do? What did your parents do? So my dad was uh, um, a detective, was mm. in police oh, force okay. as well. And okay. you know, I have to tell you, it was a surprise to me that my my um, uh, my brother went uh, into that line of work because. Uh, growing up, those two were butt-heading with each other. Right. Yeah, but I guess you know you you fight each other when you two alike, and maybe you know right. there's, yeah, there's some truth similar, to it. Yeah. So yeah, so so and yeah, my brother ended up uh, being the same line of work as my dad. My dad was. So when. Y- in like middle school or high school or whenever I've learned about the USSR, I was always under the impression that there was not very much freedom in what you got to choose as far as your career path. You were kind of assigned somewhere. Um, is that something that was accurate or like partially accurate? Um, or? Uh, I, I wouldn't say there was um, restriction in terms of which way to go. There was definitely restriction to go into business for yourself. Okay. That would be called black market and that would be called stealing from the government and you would, you know. Go to jail. You would go to jail for that. So as long as it's government job, which everything at the time was a government job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, if you didn't work, you would go to jail too, and they will make you work. What so. about people that were like disabled and not able to work? Did they just send them to jail? Mm, there were programs, social okay. programs, okay. you know. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you, you have, I mean, there were no accessibility so if you like physically disabled then it's an issue probably for you yeah. to um, access anything but um, I my uh, my uncle I had uh, I had an uncle who had the mental health issues and um, he would be not considered apt for any regular work so he was making boxes and you know things like okay. that so there were there were programs like that there were social programs like that um, so you'd be given like a really uh, low maybe not like a, like a, a busy a job work with like a busy work right. yeah, yeah. Not a high you, labor you're still job. working yeah. you still have to do something <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah was there a drastic change when uh, the Soviet regime ended with like how that how things operated so, um, you know, you're growing up and you are, when you're in it, you don't really see. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what you're used it's to. It's not that's unusual. Your no- that's your yeah, normal. that's your normal. Um, so, um, when I was in high school, I was 16 years old, and my first trip outside of uh, the country was, uh, while it was still a Soviet Union, mm-hmm. it was to Paris. Oh, nice. And I remember, so I'm 16 years old, I'm in Paris, and... That sounds romantic. I completely thought that, oh, oh my God, this I just died and, and right. teleported into a different universe. So the, the materials uh, of the 
construction of the buildings was different, the, everything was different, people looked different, talked different, food was different. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was my first time where it was really shocking to be elsewhere, and I thought, oh my God, things are slightly nicer outside of the Soviet <laughs> Union. <Yeah. laughs> so, going back a little bit, we talked about, was there like... We're, we're probably going to jump around a lot, but I'm curious sure. about the black market yeah. businesses yeah. back um, then. When you were in high school, were there people that would do stuff like that? Like maybe selling yeah. blankets? They, I don't know what they would sell. Blankets? So, food, well, so um, there would be... Um, there would be market uh, for food, and you know I can't really tell you whether it was a black market or it was somewhat authorized, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, you you can go to the market uh, like a, a farmers market. It sure. would be like a farmers market, and um, um, the police didn't seem to be after those people. So I would imagine that it's mm -hmm. uh, it was somewhat sanctioned. Uh, however. Some of the things, such as like um, uh, we had shortage of everything, you know, any consumer goods from toilet paper to jeans, you mm -hmm. know, you, you name it, we didn't have it. So, um, and uh, I think for the most part, it wasn't really an open black market. You need to know someone. That would tell you where it's going to be. Yes, and you need to go to an apartment or someone will come to you. Right. And it's typically was hush-hush. For the most part, it was either something that people would make themselves or would bring from abroad for those lucky individuals that get to go abroad. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Iron Curtain was real. Most people couldn't travel outside or inside the country and um, you know select few that were able to go mm -hmm. most likely held the position of the government that were in the upper echelon so they had um, some influence yep, and some money yeah the reason you know th and um, the other other areas that really um, bridge boundaries and borders uh, usually relate to arts and sports. Mm -hmm. So the way that I got up out of the country for the first time while the Iron Curtain was in existence is through dance. Mm -hmm. So arts took me to Paris and, uh, you know, my life was never the same. So you had, I remember your one friend was a soccer player, too, that was yeah. in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, they traveled, I think they traveled to United States, they traveled all over the world, so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool, and do you think that there was a lot of corruption within these black markets as far as like bribes to the police possibly to allow yeah. them to go yeah, on? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the way, it was the way, it was this system, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, there was um, there was a shadow system that was just as strong as what was um, an official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, all true. Um, bribes um, were part of life. Um, you know, you wouldn't even get uh, an appointment to a specialist at the hospital unless you slip a chocolate to uh, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. a girl at the register or to make office appointments to make yeah. to make that happen. So cool. Huh. Well, not cool. That's that's yeah, wild. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I was going to stop you, but... Yeah, that's not cool. Um, 
so you're in Paris, you're 16, and you that's like your, your realization moment, it seems like, that things were... Well, you know, that wasn't even the realization point. I was just on cloud nine, and I just was walking for as long as we were there. Like I think we were there for a couple of weeks, and uh, every day I was... Uh, at all, at, you know, couldn't believe I was there. So much culture and couldn't, art. Yes, and beauty couldn't believe that you know I was in Paris. I couldn't believe that I was outside of SSSR. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and um, so yeah, uh, I remember thinking, you, you know, as long as they, as soon as they close the door f- to the airplane, I'm like, then I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really yeah. going. Don't bring me back. Right. That I'm really going because you know they could just pick you out and right. say, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, you're going out. back home. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Paris is a great place to like, right, make that introduction into the rest of the world. I mean, it's a romanticized. It might be one of the most romanticized places in the whole entire world. I would think like, so. Even, yeah, yeah I mean, from here too, people like Paris. It's just like you know, right. like there. You like, think romance when you think Paris, like right. Paris yeah. or Venice or you know, like it's on a very short list of you know yeah. most beautiful places yeah, to for go. Sure. Yeah, you can say that I fell in love in Western life in Paris. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You can definitely say that. And do you feel like at that point you're like, okay, I need to get out? No, or figure you know, away. at that point you're 16. You're still in high school, and, right. you, and you know, and your passport is with someone else's because mm-hmm. you know they like they collect it and then they oh, give it wow. to you. As you go through customs and border patrol, and then they all collect it. And um, you know, who was collecting it? Like a chaperone or something like well, that? Well, you know, we had the whole thing. We had the debrief before going. Oh, wow. You know, this is the anthem of uh, of France. Make sure you know it. You know, this is the way to respond to these questions. You know, yeah. learn it. Wow. So they were, like, telling you, like, no, we're not talking about any of the shortages or yeah, you know. any of the bad things that are going on yeah, in Russia sure. right now. Everything is beautiful and amazing. Yeah. What about Did you have you to pray to were... communist gods? That's kind of a joke, but, like... Like, we mm, probably not pray, but make make sure to say, like, yes, sir. Right. <laughs> when you got back from Paris, did you have to do something similar? Like, did they interview you about, like, what did you do? What did you say? Who did no, you see? I think we were supervised uh, pretty, the whole time, right? Pretty okay. intensely. They knew what so, was happening yeah. the whole time. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. And then you came back and finished. Did you, yeah. did you graduate when you were 18? Um, so we we graduated a little earlier. So uh, we graduated at 17, and then I went uh, I went to Sochi, where my parents originally from, and um, <clears throat> and um, I. Uh, from what I understand of Sochi, it's a pretty cool place. In it's or- the best. Yeah, it's the best. Um, you know the the. You got it's beaches a little, and You know, it's a little provincial in that sense. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the the weather, the um, gathering of people, it's, um, you know, when it's developed a lot for the uh, 2014 Olympics, they mm-hmm. uh, dumped a bunch of money and mm-hmm. made a lot of infrastructure changes um, and really beautified it and built it out and... Uh, luckily, they're still using it for various purposes. Uh, they turned the mountain cluster into like one place where you can go and gamble. So, um, so they're making uh, big bucks there. Um, they're using the 
stadiums that they uh, built out at, on the shore for various events. There is a new soccer team there. Mm, um, cool. So yeah. Uh, but it is. It's. I think um, as far as Russia goes, it's one of the one of the places I I might want to visit if I must, go to Russia. Uh, yeah, definitely must have to go. Cool. So yeah. before we get to college, though, because I know you said that by the time you were in college, it was Russia. It was no longer USSR. So right? so yeah. So I finished. Um, I graduated from high school. It was uh, still Soviet Union. But when I was in college, uh, the transition took place from. Okay. I'm from just like, Soviet I'm interested in what was the biggest, like, everyday change that you saw? Was there any, or was it pretty much the same? Well. <sighs> It's a political change, and it's a change from one country to another. So the whatever the laws and constitution that stood before was no longer right. mm-hmm. um, in effect, so to say. And I mean, it's it's you know, uh, Japanese have um, uh, a saying, you know, may you live in the times of change. Yeah. Mm. Um, and we did live in the times of change. It was it was hard. Everything crumbled. Um, we had shortages f- worsen. We had rations. We had blackouts. They would turn electricity off. They mm-hmm. would turn hot water off to conserve money and whatnot. Um, to distribute food that they would, um, you know, get, give us give us uh, vouchers. Mm-hmm. You couldn't purchase anything without having a voucher. Mm-hmm. So you come mm-hmm. into the store, you have money, but unless you have a voucher, you can't buy anything. So, so people like because you know from from like the Western standpoint. You know, it's like Ronald Reagan knocking down the wall and everyone's cheering, and it's like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. But where people weren't necessarily, were they celebrating? And in celebrating, the happy that you know it was a change, or was it just kind of? Well, you know, um, you celebrate a change, not knowing what it, what's what's, going what's coming. Come. You yeah. know, so um, when um, the whole. Uh, coup took place and then the transition happened um my friend my friend and and i were you know trying to chase the action so we went to moscow but it was too late and then we went to st petersburg but it was too late and on the main streets like on the main squares yeah people were cheering there were concerts everywhere you know independent bands were putting on performances and I mean it was it seems like a fun time but at some point you know people go home and then they have to go to a store and feed their families and kids and it's not very it was tough you know it was tough um yeah um and then um and then you know the most um profound and and of course you know how is it done you change from planned economy to a market economy and how do you go about sharing all the wealth right because supposedly it's people wealth so the government wealth is people wealth so there was a plan so what they've done is they calculated how many people what's the national um, wealth of the country then they kind of divided it all gave you a ticket and say okay this ten thousand dollars that's yours you can invest it in anything so Hmm. and um, the smart people they sold their tickets on the market, on the black market, and where people were buying, because 
uh, at the time you also to purchase any kind of asset that would like capital assets you would have to pay with those printed tickets right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and those people who had access to real money would buy those printed tickets on a black market mm-hmm. So they would sell. So real money? We talking American dollars? No, jewelry, no, gold? no. We're still Russian? talking rubles. Ooh, yes, okay. Russian yeah. rubles. Right. Yeah, we, you know. Okay, I just wasn't sure. It's not, I mean, I'm. It's real it's money like for Russians. Sis- rubles are real. <laughs> it may be funny money to you, but it's real I, money. I just for wasn't sure if there were two forms of currency. As, right. I, I mean, I guess there were two forms of currency. There were these vouchers, and there were rubles. Yeah, at the time, um, I think uh, under Soviet Union, you, I mean, owning. Um, foreign currency was a crime. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. you, you wow. go to jail for that. Mm-hmm. So you're, the the people with money were using their rubles to buy vouchers, so that way they can exchange those for whatever it is they're trying to buy. That yeah, was a assets. former like, government asset. Or yeah, former like, like yeah, and um, and then they also established mutual funds where they would ask people to bring all their um, vouchers mm-hmm. for investment. And then they would announce that they bankrupted, but it was all a big scheme. So people were collecting. They were just stealing that money. Yeah, they were just stealing that money. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So. Very um, dangerous time. Very dangerous time. Financially. Um, for- financially, you know, crime was at, at its top. Yeah, it, it was crazy. We, we call it crazy 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your dad was a detective? Uh, yeah, so at, the, at the time. I think he was very close to retirement age um, at that point. And uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think he shortly after he retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So... As far as like you at an like eighteen, seventeen, eighteen years old, how did this affect your future? Like, were you still were you already like planning to go to college or university at I that? I was, t- yeah, I was in college. Um, I was studying economics. Uh, it was a new hot, you know, thing to study. Yeah, right. because I mean, you got a market now. Yeah, right. now we have a marketing economy. Yeah, so. Um, uh, there were a lot of schools that opened the next best thing, which was econo- marketing and economics. And mm-hmm. uh, so I studied that, um, management and economics. Um, uh, took me five years because that's what our programs took. were. Yeah. yeah, they were five years. We were graduating with master equivalency compared yeah. to U.S. education. And um, and then, so yeah, it... Um, at my last uh, year, I was working and I was studying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my last year, I met someone who said, "Let's get out of here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. And so my first, uh, my first, um, uh, uh, I guess, uh, outside. Uh, of Russia experience was in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I lived in Turkey for about a year and a half. Did you travel there uh, legally, or did you like flee? Uh, uh, legally, yeah, all legally. Turkey and Russia are buddy buddies, so mm-hmm. they have uh, very lenient um, immigration um, or tourism yeah, exchange sure. program. Yeah. So you don't need a visa. You just uh, cross and they stamp your passport and you're good for however long you want to stay yep. cool. and um, so um, so I lived in Turkey for about um, a year and a half 
and then um, uh, came to U.S. to go to school. Okay. Uh, came to Gannon. Yeah, so uh, here in Pennsylvania ended up being my landing spot and a spot there where I made my life, uh, had kids, and um, make, made a life for myself. So. How did you choose Gannon? So, um, so one of the professors who was teaching at Gannon was, um, was from Turkey. And mm-hmm. so he was also international uh, advisor. Um, and so um, when we were looking for schools, we called him to find out out of the list of 10, 10 schools that we wanted to go, which one is best to go to. And Gannon was not on the list. <laughs> but he was a great uh, international student advisor, a great salesman. Next yeah. thing I know, mm-hmm. we're in Erie, Pennsylvania. Nice. Cool. Uh, How do we compare to Paris? <laughs> was it a similar feeling like I made it yet? Well, you know, uh, we we came here in August, so you it know, it was nice. It was very nice. It was very nice. But you know, within a week, you figure out that it's it's a small provincial town, and and um, lucky us, we had something to do, like go to school and study, and so and. But then again, Prescale, that's that's amazing, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, and having, uh, you know, being from Russia and being a snow bunny, you know, the fact right. that you're uh, used to it. There is a uh, peak and peak to Holiday keep you Valley occupied. Holiday Sun Valley, Sun yeah, Sun yeah. yeah. Close, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Was it? Because um, I'm sure that the culture of Turkey and the culture of the United States are completely different. Like, was it a culture shock to come to the United States, or? Well, um, yes, you know, of course. And um, uh, the culture shock was primarily realizing that what you see in Hollywood movies is not (laughs) what... So what was your, like, what was your impression of the United States before you came here? Like what did you when somebody said Hollywood? United you know States, they sell you right. Hollywood. That's yeah. what you what that's what you think about the United States when you you think of movies, Hollywood movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but even uh, even uh, Los Angeles, you know, you see one Los Angeles on the screen, and then when you go there, you say, "That's right. it." Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Is this is this it? So I mean, yeah, there is a little disappointing, you know, little disappointments <laughs> here and yeah. there. You're expecting yeah. Hollywood, and you yeah. show right. eerie. But Right. It's a little disappointing. But, but to some extent, it's a relief. You know, you don't, it's, it's, you don't have to have it's those a simple life. It's yeah. really mm-hmm. simple life. And there is nothing wrong with that. Simple life is good. Right. You know? Yeah, right. I feel like it's kind of like that with any country, though. Like, if you've never lived there or been there, you know, like the biggest cities or the biggest cultural landmarks, you automatically, you know, put the whole identity of that Agree. country, you know? Agree. So, like, if you weren't from America, it's like New York City, Dallas, and. LA and there's nothing else you know like <laughs> right oh. so when you were in Turkey what did you do there for that year and a half did you just work was it fun did you like Turkey? so <clears throat> I studied the language and um, travel and um, yeah and was just experiencing life in another country so it was so a lot of fun can you speak Russian Turkish and English and French and French, I studied French, but did very poorly. <laughs> um, French is this hard language. I, I don't know how they spell anything. I studied, uh, I studied fr- uh, Turkish, so I speak a little bit, mostly, uh, you know, 
service household right mm-hmm. basic like, yeah basic stuff, stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah did you study english before you came to the united states then like so english we uh, i studied english it's it's a program that was uh, in uh, soviet union from I don't know from how long. I mean, at least I went through it. Yeah. They start us on the foreign language uh, at fourth grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they carried that through high school. And then uh, when I when I uh, when I was at the university, we had to study two foreign languages. So one one was uh, English mm-hmm. and another was French. And I did very poorly in French. As a matter of fact. My professor, in order to pass me, she had me swear that I will never confess that I took French from her. Oh. <laughs> right. I said, I promise, I promise. <laughs> Lucky for me, it was pass or fail. So she's like, okay, I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna, I'm Mark gonna write one. pass on your, on your. Right, right. Uh, yeah. You did your best. Yeah, right. just you know, just don't tell anyone that you took it from me. <laughs> like, yes. that's, that's interesting because like. I know you took Spanish at Barron, too, and I remember our professors at Penn State were like, as I'm, like, struggling through Spanish, they're like, it's not as hard as English, you know, like, yeah. so, you know, just... Uh, but I Spanish guess when you're starting it so yeah. young in fourth grade, <laughs> it probably didn't seem as difficult since you started learning it so young. Well, you know, I still had, when I came here, because the language you're learning in school and the language that you right. live are completely different languages. So right. so when I came, it was not a cultural shock, but there was a language shock for sure. Uh, I remember walking... Uh, So we lived on Cranberry, and I was walking how many blocks to Gannon campus. And, you know, there is this um, uh, black kid coming towards me, and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, I almost peed my pants. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. What does is, what is this mean? <laughs> right. Because you're used to, like, hello, good day to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, there is so, there's so many quirks. There's so many, you know, e- expressions that you don't really learn in school. Right. So it took me about a year or two years to really break into it. Uh, but there were times I wouldn't even want to go to the store because People wouldn't understand what I was saying, mm-hmm. not because because I was using different words right. and diff, you know different way of speaking. So probably learned British English too, and not like who knows. English. I was learning from Russian speaking <laughs> yeah. person. Right. You know, yeah. I don't right. know. So yeah, British yes, English. British English. <laughs> British well, English. there's a difference. I know there's a difference between our Spanish teachers. That one was from like Puerto Rico, and right. one was from. Or spoke like Spain Spanish. Yeah. Spain, so yeah, they yeah, use yeah. the Sotros. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, right now I'm studying Spanish, but I am taking classes from a Costa Rican. Mm. Right. So they pronounce some things different and right. they use different phrases. It's real. It's yeah, it is. Yeah. When I, I lived in Miami for a little bit. I had an Argentinian roommate, and our neighbors were Puerto Rican, and she's like, uh, sometimes I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Puerto Rican Spanish and Argentinian. Argentinian Spanish are so different. Yeah. He's like sometimes she's like yeah, sometimes sure. I have a hard time. I mean, even even born and raised, lived in Erie, America, my whole life, whatever. Learned English. That's the only ang- language that I know, uh, through and through. And I had one of my one of my best friends. Her sister and her came up from Texarkana, Texas, and like her sister was like straight from there, and she had such a thick Southern accent. Oh I could not yeah. understand what she was saying. We live in the same country, you right. know. And yes. I'm like, w- repeat yourself, please. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're saying. 
For sure, for sure. Were you in your Were you getting your PhD when you went to Gannon? So I came. I did uh, MBA degree first, and then PhD came. So later. they didn't recognize your five years of. Um, you know, uh, partially it was my choice. First of all, there were no, like, I, the only PG program, I think, was psych degree mm-hmm. um, at Gannon, and um, my background wasn't conducive to that. So, um, and I wanted to go to school so I can get integrated a little bit better. Sure. And, you know, things you study in Russia and the program in the U.S., so, I mean, completely different things right. so mm-hmm. so um so i had really good time um going through gannon's program um and as a matter of fact in the class i would understand as long as it's not cultural reference you know mm-hmm. i had the orc <laughs> i had the orc uh behavior class oh my god my professor all he was making his uh cases on it was all on on cultural reference mm. and everything went over my head you know and I'm like what does this mean what does this mean I don't understand yeah. I'm just looking back and forth on my classmates and I'm you like, came with the, your partner at the time yes at the time okay. yep. yep and I always whenever we had like a an foreign exchange student well not foreign exchange student but an exchange student from somewhere I never ever ever understood how they could go to school at a college level and have such awful English. (laughs) And not like, just like really broken English, you know, thick accent. I'm like, how could I write a paper if I could barely speak a language? Well, I'm I'm telling you, the um, professor I spoke about, uh, organizational behavior professor, he, he wrote on my first paper. So my first paper, right, he writes, get an editor. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Get an uh, editor. And then um uh what was the other thing he said? Did they have like me? a a for or like a what's it called? A, like a learning support area at Gannon? Yeah, like a tutor they like a did, tutoring center. But you know, um you knew you don't know how to access anything. So right. Yeah, sure. yeah mm-hmm. you just struggle. Um <laughs> my, just push through Yeah, it. you just push through <laughs> it. My first my first marketing class I got my, my, my I got an F on midterms and oh, then no. I'm like, holy holy shit. And I'm looking around. Was that the first F you ever got? That's the first F I ever oh, got. No. It was it was totally like reality check. Like, right. okay, mm-hmm. I gotta do something about it. So um and I had uh, I had a friend um, in uh, my new friend mm-hmm. in class, and she was horrible with math. And math is math. Math is universal. Yeah, you right. know, yeah. you can you can transfer it. And I found out that I I thought I was always like average mediocre in math. When I got to the United States, I was a star <laughs> student. <laughs> I was a star student in math. I'm like, well, thank God, at least something's like going right, for me. Yeah. So so we partnered up. I would help her through statistics through any kind of math-related courses, and she would just pull me along with all the, all um, the l- l- language courses. So, yeah, so... If it wouldn't be for her, I wouldn't probably be graduating. You still talk to her? Yes. Awesome. That's so cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Still talk to her. Yep. Nice. Hey, Danielle, that's to you. (laughs) Thank you, Danielle. Um, Were you working at all at that time? Uh, uh, My first internship, uh, I got my first internship, uh, I think I was on my second year of um, graduate school. So. Mm -hmm. 
um, and it was with the local company, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And I have to say, the first time like I I went to work, that's when I felt that okay, now this not as uncomfortable mm-hmm. of being here as as mm-hmm. otherwise. So you kind of plugged in into workforce, you're going to school, you have friends. Right. So a couple of years down the road, you know, you f- you start feeling a little bit normal because when you come, you definitely, you know you are don't belong here. <laughs> you right. know that you're faking everything and you're just smiling just to get through right. through the day. But yeah, it's it was painful. But, you know, on my worst day, I would like, refuse to go to the store. I'm like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'd rather starve. Right. <laughs> Did yeah. you ever feel like you faced any like discrimination? There People were look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, people take advantage not about not just because you were foreign or female or young, mm-hmm. and primarily young and stupid. That's why they take advantage. Sure, of you. you're right. an easy target. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you're. Yeah, whether you're foreign or female yeah. or whatever. Yeah, if I knew then what I know now, I would, I would, I would file a couple of lawsuits. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. So your degree at Gannon, you went again for economics. Um, uh, they have a degree in organizational learning and leadership. So that's 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 the PhD degree that I, I oh, have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that was a lot of fun. I was the second cohort, uh, so they just opened up the program, oh, and, I, cool. and I was the second cohort going through it. So yeah, yeah. So, as somebody who's not from this area, I am personally interested in how did you become involved in the like Lakota tribes okay. and traditions yeah, where around does that here? Come yeah, huh. where does that I didn't come mention into that. the story. Ta- Tanya is also a fucking badass. She is. She I've is a fucking it. badass. Sun dancer, fucking real cool shit. Yeah. How did that all come into the mix? As you know, a friend of mine and I will always say, how do we all come to a lodge on our hands and knees? You know, when yeah. your life crumbles, when I mean that was my story, you know. Um, um life-changing events things happen you know and your life um i think i found myself in 2014 in a situation when everything i believed to be true was no longer true Mm -hmm. and i was looking for a new uh, lever to hold on to Um, so I went many directions, you know, I went, um, I looked into Buddhism, I mm-hmm. looked into yoga, I looked into many, many different things. And then uh, in 2005, so long before that, uh, I was part of the community theater, um, director circle theater, um, and we were doing a, uh, a play about this um, women, and one of my colleagues, uh, who was from Venezuela, she said, um, there is a sweat lodge this weekend. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yes, I want to come. But I have young children. I'm like, I can't come. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was invited in 2005, and I always wanted to go. Uh, but it never happened because I was working. I was raising kids. I was going to school. It would, life was just busy. And then when, uh, in 2014, when I found myself 
really looking for a new new lens to look through the world I remember I remembered her so I reached out to her I said I'm ready for that lodge that you mentioned in 2005 yeah. <laughs> here we are in 2014 right I mean is it somebody I know um I don't I or don't, they still go to lodges I don't think so she since passed away she oh, was from okay. Venezuela and um, so she said that there are no more there are no lodges in Erie anymore but there is a lodge in Thunder Springs so. oh nice so that's where I, that's how I got um, to uh, Centerville mm-hmm. first um, and then once All I found over my, the place and yeah. you know and then once I found myself in the sweat lodge my life changed. I really. It's uh, powerful stuff. It was yeah, powerful. Yeah, it was so powerful, and I'm so grateful for this way of life, and really, really appreciate um, luck of the people that uh, you know kept on keeping on, you know. Right. And the rest of us that follow. So. But before you came to that realization. Like, where you, did you have any form of spirituality, like growing no, up or no, anything? No, no, <laughs> you know, I, I came, you know, I, um, uh, in Soviet Union, you know, I mean, what they would say, opium, uh, religion is opium for masses, right? right so, yeah. um, materialism, you know, real, real materialism, whatever you see, that's what is, what you can't see does not exist. And mm-hmm. so I grew up with that notion and, um, you know, um, um, I was hardcore atheist. Uh, a- uh, not a- athe- atheist, maybe. Um, uh, yes, I would say atheist. Um, in early um, growing up and in early ages, uh, young adult, and then slowly would be becoming agnostic, mm-hmm. and then and yeah, until I found myself on hands and knees, spirituality did not enter my realm. Right. Uh, but you know, you have to crack your heart, your head, in order for that to happen. Sometimes that's uh, I feel like that uh, that happens a lot. You know what I mean? When you're really desperate to find something out there to give you that purpose or that meaning or whatever. Also, I feel like a long time before I started to actually accept that there might be some sort of higher power or God or great spirit, Kosala, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. I started to see coincidences happening. Or and you know, the were... funny thing is, I would, uh, you know, I, I, um, I grew up in a society that purposefully drove you away from that way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when I did finally came to um, accepting that there is something bigger than us and there is a spiritual path that um, can guide you to a better way of life than um, otherwise you can find it um, through your own stumblings and I'm like oh, damn why some why nobody told me before right <laughs> right that yeah. This was yeah yeah because you know yeah you can carry the weight of the world on your shoulders and it's pretty heavy you yeah. know and if you can share it with um with um Tankashlo and or whatnot, then yeah. um, then things are, things are looking up, right? Right. right. Yeah. Not feeling like you have to control every single outcome and completely yeah. self-reliant. Yeah. And it's not things. good for your mental health, right? No, not at all. God. Absolutely not. God. For well, sure. For and sure. now you're a, cra- a crazy fucking sun dancer. <laughs> Yeah, slowly but surely. (laughs) Who knew, right? It didn't take long. I feel like seven years is pretty quick. Um, Eight years, yeah. 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 
Yeah. And you were sun dancing before now, obviously, so probably less than that. I feel like you were always a sun dancer since I knew you. Well, then, uh, then I just Maybe finished not. my fourth year last year, that summer. So, yeah. Time for a break. You know, um, I think I like Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. So the question is, um, where do I go? Which, yeah. which Sundance? Yeah, yeah exactly. There's yeah. so many now. There are it's so awesome. many. And we're so lucky that we have so many. Right. Yeah. And you, I, I was creeping on your face on, on different stuff, just like snooping around. Okay. What did you find out? That you used to be a marathon runner, too, or still are a marathon runner. <laughs> I did triathlons, yeah. You I did, did triathlons. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. So that's biking, swimming, and, and running. running. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. And uh, there is a group of uh, women uh, that are open water swimmers. So every summer we get out there in the Lake Erie and, and swim our hearts out every morning. That allows you... That if you know, every time there is a flat lake, yeah. you know, there is like a mass text. Like, it's hey, flat, going. come on! <laughs> so, and yeah, we're there. So, great, great thing for the mental health. Do too. you do the, any of the polar plunges with Jobette or anything like that? You know, I do my own polar plunges, you okay. know, um, not organized, but you know, every now and every time I am in um, uh, running in the woods and mm-hmm. run through a creek, I'll take a dip. Yeah, yep. nice. I, I just got into that a couple of years ago with, with Jay. He originally got me driving yeah. out to Cleveland to do that stuff. And now there's a few of us that do it around here periodically a couple times a okay. year. I, do you guys go to go to Cleveland and do what they do over there? Now? We do. We I did it first, but I haven't been back there in okay. a while. At first, okay. before I started to get some people who wanted to do it with me around here, I would drive out to Cleveland and hang out with Jay. I tried to get Jay to come on the show too, but he he won't do it. He's scared. I don't know why he <laughs> doesn't want to do it. It's fine. Yeah, Jay's a private person. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I love doing that lately. That's my new fa- one of my new favorites. It gives me the same feeling that uh, lodges do in a lot of ways. It I just agree. shuts everything off, I agree. you know? And you're left there with yourself and just being alive for a little bit and uh, builds that tolerance for other things that are uncomfortable in my life. Right. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I agree. Things don't seem so bad when I'm standing in a frozen river or yeah, ice water, a thousand degrees. In <laughs> ice water and, and the will to survive really takes over. Right. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. You're an impressive lady. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm super grateful that you came out here. I was just going to say you are impressive. My right. second launch that I ever went to, you were sitting next to me. And I was so glad that it was you sitting next to me. I like I like fed off of your strength. <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad Johnny's sitting next to me right Thank now. You. I need this. I feel like that's super <laughs> Russian too. Well, uh, like that strong like so toughness. I have, so I have to tell you, I went. Um, I was. Uh, I went to South Dakota for the mm. past three years, and I was supporting a Sundance in South Dakota. There is a Russian woman there. Uh, who is married to Lakota Hayoka, mm-hmm. and she is a tough cookie. You <laughs> think okay. I'm a tough cookie? Oh my God, she's she is a true Russian. That um, <laughs> that is so impressive. It's. Uh, Natasha, shout out to you. <laughs> Russia is like such a. I feel like a tough place. Like no, like culturally and like has been individually for like so long that it's just a part of the culture that you know when things are tough you you keep going you know because you're 
Russian and that's yeah. what you do. You, you when keep... things are tough, you get tougher. Yeah. <laughs> we all do that. That's human qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. I feel like Russia For just sure. has that reputation though. Like, yeah. right. And I think it's all Dr. Zhivago stuff. That's yeah. <laughs> awesome. And for those of you guys that don't know, Heyoka is a sacred clown, so she probably has to be tough to deal with. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, this has been amazing. Thank yes. you so much for Thank coming out. Thank you so out. much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed hearing about what it was like in yeah. USSR. Well, thank you for your interest. Thank you for your time, and thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Thanks good luck. Well, I hope Jay will come. You know, I mean, maybe he'll listen to this podcast. To this yeah, and say, hey, Jay, it's your turn. Right. <laughs> well, I've been trying to keep get some of our other friends that do lodges with us to come out here, and so far, the only one is Josh, but we had an awesome time with Josh. Oh, fabulous. Too. We had a good yeah. time, yeah, oh, a couple great. weeks ago. But, that's uh, great. Hopefully you're the first one of many more. Yeah. Oh, Doc Neal's coming, yeah, Doc too. Coming. Oh, that's yeah. fabulous. Oh, yeah. that's good. Well, I'm sure he'll, he's going to be a hoot. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. excited. Yeah. Uh, lots of good things coming up for you guys in December. All of our intergalactic, interplanetary, local, and international listeners now. From at least four countries. From at least four countries, yeah. according yeah, right. to Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Now maybe five, if any of your friends. In, <laughs> you said all your family is still over there, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm, you're the only one who broke away. Yes, and they still all huddle together. So you know, they they really stuck together. I was I was the most adventurous one. No. Yeah. Do you go back out there to visit them a lot? Uh, last time I was there, it was 2020, just before the world shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I w- flew in and out for my high school reunion. Oh, cool. Stealth, <laughs> stealth, my <mode>. way. <laughs> in and out. That's so cool. Yeah. So you're you still have. Oh shoot! We never. I never asked you about Ukraine. I was about to end this out without saying anything about that. End it out. I mean, yeah. it's it's a tragedy. What's going mm-hmm. on? And Do you have a lot of family that had, or know people that have been affected by um, it directly? Not direct. Well, I have a few people here that I'm friends with that affected directly, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's terrible what's going on. And um, you know, Ukraine you- is in the worst situation possible yeah absolutely do you hold any resentment towards america and nato like coming in and establishing the current regime that's in there they they made a few mistakes if they wouldn't um you know if you if they wouldn't say no to nato um Russia tried to become NATO mm-hmm. team player, right? They yeah, said they no. Tried, yeah. They said no. Um, and then um, they invited Ukraine to NATO, and that was a slap in the face to Russia. I mean, they know that. It's all intentional. It's unfortunate that they do it that way. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what's the you know what's the what's drive. The what's the drive behind all of that? You know because. Uh, um, a peaceful status quo is better than than a war. For so, sure, for everybody. For everybody. So um, unless you know, the spending needs to be right. happening. You know, there's probably some sort of advantages too that are out there for certain parties that are involved. Yeah, yeah. And sure. none of them are probably very good or I'm actually sure. worth the the damage or the things that are occurring to the Ukrainian people or even the Russian people that are out there. You know, I mean, for the whole, probably against their will. I mean, for this the most is part. this is a reflection on the whole humanity. I mean, we're in twenty first century, and this is where we are at, right? right. We learn nothing mm-hmm. from our history lessons, really. Uh, 
it's it's it just it's be it's not logical first mm -hmm. of all and it's it's i'm sure driven by some greed uh, or hunger for power or right. whatever those demons are well i do believe that i'd have to double check but i'm almost positive that the uh, department of defense over here gets the most amount of money spent into it so sure yeah. those kind of things definitely i'm sure there's a lot of oil and you know ukraine's a like the breadbasket of europe from mm -hmm. what i understand you know all the things that are produced out there and grown on farms and the things that are happening now i feel like it's a it's really a tragedy for a lot it's going to be make things a lot more difficult for a lot of people all around that area and not just and you know there is some uh train of thought that um it's you know short short game but there is a long long game too so mm -hmm. this is not this is not the end of it so whatever whatever no, right. i don't think that this is going to be over anytime soon it yeah. seems mm -hmm. like this is more of a proxy war between the united states mm -hmm. and russia so well that's been the narrative since at least world war Two, just east versus west and right. like force feeding that to people to get them to try to hate the other side right yeah. and i feel like it's kind of it's really naive for a lot of people to suggest that this would be a quick encounter when none of the war efforts ever have been like a oh, we're just going to send these people here for a couple months and we'll get out, you know what I mean? Like, look at Iraq, look at Afghanistan, look at Vietnam, look at any, any you know, foreign war to suggest that this is just going to be like a quick over and done, you know, wash your hands, everybody leaves and it's back to normal is is really just not smart. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to go Yeah, that my way. heart goes out to everyone who's uh, impacted, like, um severely so uh, yeah. no words pray for mm -hmm. peace yeah yes. for sure yeah all right well, well, now, now i think we covered everything yeah yes amazing thank okay. you so much thank again. you so much appreciate it yeah Bye. okay right. good night yeah. good thank night, you everybody everyone. for listening Bye. thank you everybody